Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Resolutions, themes, words of the year, goals, objectives. We're going to talk about all those things today. What are you setting? What's the best thing to set? Why should you set them? And what should you toss out? I'm Sarah Mayer, your host of the Bold Gold Crusher podcast. And today I am so excited to be joined by my friend, Karen Hewitt. Karen is a certified life and NLP coach, as well as a successful multifaceted entrepreneur. She shares her story and gifts in an empathetic and authentic way to help others. Discovering real life gifts where introverts have the most power, Karen teaches her clients how powerful, creative, and successful you can be as an introvert, a woman and a busy mom juggling it all. Karen's story takes her from almost losing her life to a man she thought was there to help her gain strength, leaving her with arachnophobia, PTSD, and anxiety, where she became completely locked in her introverted world, to becoming a true powerhouse in helping others stand true in their own gifts and strengths. And as an empathetic and compassionate speaker, she connects with introverted individuals that know there is something more to what they are doing, but just don't know how they can gain impact or express themselves because of feeling shy, introverted, or even unworthy. I'm so excited for you to meet Karen. Karen, welcome to the show. So excited to have you on. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be on. I've known you forever, and this is phenomenal. I'm so excited for your podcast. Yeah, you all are in for a treat today. Karen tells it like it is, so she will not (laughs) hold back. And we're going to dive into this whole topic of resolutions. Some people set themes. Some people set words for the year. Some people do goals, objectives. Some people don't do any of that. What's your thought? What's the best practice for the year? What do you do? Share with us. So I do it in two ways. My first way is at the end of the year, I do it every week and every month, but at the end of the year, I assess the entire year, what worked, what didn't work, what I need to do different, what I need to do more of, what I need to do the same. So many people go into next year's goals going, I'm going to set this goal. But please, you said that last year and it didn't do anything. So why are you trying to set it again? Actually look at what you did and figure it out. And if you don't do that, don't waste your time setting resolutions. Don't waste your time with goals. So that's the first thing I do. And then, yes, I have a word of the year. Yes, I set goals. Yes, I set resolutions. I am obnoxious with goals. We have this rule in our family and with my clients. You should set a goal for every year you've been alive plus one. So I set that many goals each year because wow. so, so this year, how many goals do you have then? Oh, 
That's a cheeky question. I have 42 goals this year. 42 goals. That's awesome. So 42, I didn't mean to ask your age, but 42 really, really exciting things that you're going to work on this year. Now, are they yearly goals? Are they multi-year goals? No, what they are, there are goals that I want to achieve within the next 365 days, but I split them, but I split them into categories. So it's not 40 plus goals for my business. It's not 40 plus goals for this. It's okay. So I'm going to have five goals for my health. What five things do I want to take care of with my own health and my own fitness and my own life this year? Okay. So I get those. Then, well, what five things do I want to do with my kids? What five things do I want to do for a hobby? What five things do I want to do for personal development? And that's how I break it down. So I know it sounds like a lot of goals, but it's really not. We yeah, just, when you chunk it down into those groups, you know, three to four goals for your home or three to four goals for your business, that's really manageable. It's not overwhelming. Right. And in reality, you're going to be working on those different buckets as well throughout the year. So if you have those goals, you know where those things are going. That's awesome. So you, what do you do with the goals? Once you set the goals, so you start by looking at what worked last year, you come up with your goals, you have your number, whatever number that is, and then you chunk them down. What do you do with them after you've decided these are my goals? So I'm going to let you into an introvert secret power here. Something that introverts are really good at is logical thought process. Have you ever noticed that someone who says they're introverted, they tend to observe, they tend to take notes, they tend to figure out what's going on. What I do and what I teach to do on goals is to reverse engineer them. Mm. So you have this end goal in place. For example, one of my personal development goals is how many books I'm going to read. Yeah. Throughout the year. So I take that number, then I divide it by 12, then I divide it by 4.3, and I reverse engineer. So, how often do I need to read a book? Gonna sound crazy, but I am a really fast reader. So, I'm going for 250 books this year. Oh my gosh, good for you. That's awesome. But I read super fast. And last year, I did 227. So it's like, okay, you got to push it. You got to do a bit more. You got to stretch it. But I'm not going to start with read 250 books because when you do that, you're going to be like, oh my God, what am I, how am I going to read 250 books? No, how many books do you need to read a month? So how many do you need to read a week? Mm-hmm. And when you break it down to that and you're looking, okay, so I need to read five books this week. Yeah. Okay, way well, five books, manageable. way more manageable. You do that with every single goal. And if you can't come up with a plan, that goal gets tossed. Because a goal without something being method friendly is a waste of your time. And I don't know about you, but I don't have time to waste. No, you're doing all the things. Yes. So you (laughs) You know, I love this process of of breaking it down because I think it works on both sides of the coin. When you set that goal that seems too high, like 250 bucks. Oh, wow. Like, 
you can break that down and make it measurable. And there's an old term. I don't know why anyone would want to eat an elephant, but it's how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. And breaking it down that way allows that to, to you know, be more digestible and to allow you to feel good about that goal. But it also works on the other side. I, I always talk about my one client who was like, got this wild goal. And she's like, I want to reach this revenue goal. And it was more than double her current revenue goal. And when we started to, as you use the term reverse engineer it, I realized that she was, she was hourly, she was billing hourly. And so I asked her the question, are you willing to work this many hours? And it was like, totally more than 24 hours in a day. And she's like, no, of course not. Nobody can work that much. And I said, well, then that goal is unrealistic unless you hire somebody or you change your pricing structure or raise your prices. And had she just put that on paper, that goal, which she actually did achieve, fast forward to the end, she did achieve with some reverse engineering, but that goal would have been tossed out in three months when she realized this is impossible. I can't even do this. And so then she would have tossed that out. So I love your idea of reverse engineering it because it works on both sides. When it actually is unrealistic, you can discover the things that you need to fix in order to make that attainable. And when it sounds so big, you can break it down so that it is so manageable. I love that. That's awesome. Do you post your goals? Do you share your goals with your family? Do you Look at them every day. How do you make your goals come alive? Oh, I am obnoxious. It goes on my social media. It goes in my platter. It goes on my wall. I look at it every day. I have apps on my phone where I add them in and it dynamically adjusts the goal so I keep on track. I have them everywhere because I believe that a goal is not written down or taken action. It's just a dream. And dreams are nice things to have, but you can daydream all day long. You want to have action and you want to have proven steps to success because no one's going to hold you accountable if you don't tell them. If you have a goal, let's say you have a goal to run a 5K. Yes, 5Ks are on my goal list this year because I used to run them and I want to get back to that. But you don't tell anyone. Is anyone going to be like, hey, have you seen this 5K coming up? Or you want to run this with me? You get such a great support system by just sharing. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you the opposite side of that. And this is why people don't share. And this is why people fail. You said I took the letters as when you don't share and you don't hit the goals, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just did a post earlier today on my social media. Oh, yeah. Looking at my goals from last year. Oh, yeah. I missed that one. I missed this one. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that one. And why do I own it? Because so many people are scared of saying goals because they're scared they're going to fail. But you have mm -hmm. to own it when you don't and then work out why. That's that assessment at the beginning. Goals are lovely. I love goals. But if you don't hit them, that's okay too. Don't beat yourself up. Just say, how can I learn from this? What can I do differently? I think I love that you hit on that when you don't share them, you don't have anything to be embarrassed by. 
I think when some people set goals, they play it safe because they're afraid to fail. And we're going to talk about this little concept of smart goals. I don't like smart goals because what I find is that when people set this really big goal and it's something that they really, really want, what they really desire, when they get to the point of putting it specific and measurable and realistic and all that stuff, they take this really exciting thing and then they, you know, deflate it. It's like popping a balloon. It becomes so unexciting and they make it measurable and realistic. And it's like, well, I can't do that in a year. So instead of doing this thing that I really want to do, I'll do this other thing because I can play it safe and I can actually achieve that and put it in this format. What are your thoughts about SMART goals? Do you set them? Do you not? I may hate SMART goals a little bit more than you. (laughs) I think they're the most ridiculous thing in the world because they are so negative. They are so downtrodden. They are so mean. They are so angry. It is cold, heartless. It's this. There's nothing to it. One of my things is I like to tie emotions into what you're doing because when you're emotionally attached, you're going to see it through. I actually believe in this thing called dumb goals. I want people to stop being smart and start being dumb. Dumb is the way to be. And that is, it needs to be dream driven. So your big picture, yes, take that big, run with that big picture. Oh my God, do that dream driven goal. It needs to be uplifting. Let's take weight loss. How many people do you know is going to set a goal? I'm going to lose 50 pounds because I'm overweight and I don't like how my clothes. Have you heard that from any of your friends? Have you heard that from yourself? Mm-hmm. Should have yeah. went to the gym more last year, but didn't. Yeah. Instead of doing that goal, I'm excited to lose this weight because I know how I'm going to feel. I know what it's going to do for my body and my self-confidence. Does that make you more want to do it than, oh my gosh, I'm still looking. Yeah. So make it uplifting. Then here's the key. Make it method based. What that means is you must have a method to get to your goal. That goes back to my reverse engineering. If you can't come up with a method, then it's not a goal. It's just an idea. If your methods to launch a podcast, how are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? What are you going to record? What's your topic? Come up with methods, come up with systems to make it happen. If you have a system to support you, you're more likely to see it through. And finally, it has to be behavioral triggered. What behavior do you want to change because of this goal? What is that behavior? Because if you're not looking to change one of your own behaviors, why are you even trying? What is the purpose of this goal? What is the motivation? So if the behavior is, you said you had a client that wanted to make more money. Why? What was it about doubling her income? What behaviors would that, would that mean that she could buy a bigger house? Would that mean that she could drive a newer car? Would that mean that she could take her kids places? What behaviors in her life was she wanting to change to make those goals a reality? It all makes your goals tie into your vision board. Because when you set those vision boards up, the vision boards aren't there because, ooh, I like pink and I need pink things. Your vision goals are set there because I want this because 
I'm just drawn to it. It makes me happy. I want that pink couch in my office because, oh my gosh, that'll be so pretty. And can you imagine the Instagram pictures? It, it changes the whole concept. I love it. Uh, do you do a vision board? Yes. Yeah. I, how do you do your vision board? How do you start? I am a very digital based person. So I use Canva, which is an online editing program. I do tend to make it my background on my computer. I do tend to put it in my phone. I do use my planner to reinforce it. But again, it starts with that assessment. What happened last year that I didn't like and what do I want to change? Why do I want to change it? What things make me smile? What things make me happy? For example, on my vision book, I know your listeners don't know me, but I have spent the last two years living in a converted school bus. It has been an exciting adventure. Do you know what's on my vision board this year? We're building a house. Yep. And it is going to be a total, when, when everything's done with the house, I can imagine a lot of people are going to be surprised who know me, but that's okay. I did the adventure and now I'm ready to settle back down. Yeah. And, and that's okay to be and different. And that's okay. Different. And, and you're, I, I love the idea of your vision board. I think one of the ways that vision boards fail, which you alluded to, is that people start with the magazine and they sit at a table and they're like, oh, those shoes are cute. Maybe I'll put running shoes on my vision board. Oh, that guy looks cute. Maybe I'll decide to get a boyfriend this year. And on the road they go. And then they have this vision board that is beautiful, maybe aesthetically pleasing, but doesn't really represent what they truly want. Or they're social, and so they're in a social setting, and they're influenced by the people around them. And I love where you said where you really decide the why, because you're going to come up with what you want and why you want it. And then that's how it lands on your vision board, not the opposite way. Right. I mean, look, I just, sometimes I look at a pair of shoes and go, mm-hmm, yes, please. That's going to happen. Everyone, we all have that. You all have that dress that you look at in the magazine and go, I like that. I think I want that. Yeah. And yes, that can go on your vision board. But if your vision board is just that, what's inspiring you? Yeah. And when it gets hard or life gets in the way or you get a ton of emails and you're like, I can't, I can't even finish checking all my emails, you toss that vision out really quickly because it truly wasn't what you wanted. Right. There's no motivation. It's just you wanted pretty stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I said, pretty stuff. There's nothing wrong with pretty stuff. Have pretty stuff. Feel pretty. Feel beautiful. Feel spoiled. Mm -hmm. But your core of your vision board should take you from I'm this person today and in one year I want to be this person. And what is going to take you from A to B? Yep. So you spent uh, two years, was it two years living in a converted school bus? And now you're going to build a house. I just have a question about those two goals. How long did it take you to achieve the first goal? And how long do you think it'll take you to achieve the second? Okay. So the first goal, we came up with it in November and we were on the bus by February. 
Awesome. I believe in action. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already started clearing the bus for sale. We're already looking at house plans. We're already looking. I bought land. I decided I didn't like that land, so I'm selling that land. <laughs> Reason being is it got down to 17 degrees overnight. Uh-uh, no, that's too cold for me. Sorry. I, I like I'm I, from Chicago, so I, I can relate and I don't live in Chicago anymore for that reason. <laughs> so looking to have the house, I'm looking to have the land, new land for the house with everyone who's involved. Uh February or March. And then looking at the house, I believe the time frame for the builders is six months. That's awesome. So this next Christmas, the plan is to be in our new home. I love it. And I think, I don't want to call it a failure. Some people would call that purchase of a land a failure. And I don't really believe in failures. I think those are tremendous lessons. But what I love about that is you got a piece of land and you immediately are like, okay, we're moving on to the next thing. And it's the recovery time that when you're really putting yourself out there and your bold goals and you're taking action, there are going to be speed bumps. And I, I mean, I think about it like a parking lot. You're driving through the parking lot. Have you ever hit one of those bumps a little too fast? And yeah, you might hit your head on the ceiling, but you're going to recover pretty quickly. That bump does not stop you from continuing on the parking lot. I mean, it's not designed with like the, the spikes to make you just completely stop and you have to have a whole thing. So that's kind of like your little speed bump. It was a speed bump in the road, but I love the recovery, the quick, like, all right, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. And it doesn't mean that we're going to wallow in like, oh, we didn't do the right thing. It's all right, we're going to get back up and we're going to do this. And we're going to take massive action quickly, even though it may be imperfect to start. Where did you learn this or how, what do you attribute that to, that ability to be really resilient and turn that over quickly? So I'm being very good because I normally have the worst mouth on the world. I am a total sailor mouth. <laughs> That's just me. But, and I'm going to drop one here. I believe life is for fucking up. <laughs> because the, th the thing that happens when you do that is one of two things. You would do something you regret and you like get to learn from it and grow or something happens, whether accidentally on purpose and you end up with an additional gift. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're not going to fuck around with life, mm -hmm. how's it going to give you gifts? How is it going to show you things that you never thought was possible? Did I really think that living in a bus was going to be amazing? I did it because it was a necessity for me. I did it because I was frustrated and I needed to escape and I needed that nature and that meditation and that away from the hustle and bustle of the world because life was crazy. It was a little overwhelming just to be real. And I needed to back back out. As you said in my intro, I have agoraphobia. I am a diagnosed agoraphobic. It means I don't really people well. <laughs> <laughs> although I do fairly well most of the time I'm just not the person that's going to be singing in the karaoke bar I have learned because I've been through so much in my life and so much that people have told me when they've read my story or heard part of my story 
they asked me, well, why didn't you just give up? I don't know how you didn't give up. I don't know how you didn't stop. I didn't realize that was an option. I never realized that giving up was an option. And I think too often we think giving up is an option. The biggest thing I can tell anyone, you want to give up? Okay, give up for a day. Go ahead. There's your permission. Give up for one day. The next day, you're back at it. Because if you keep giving up and you keep stopping and you keep screwing up and you keep going, well, this isn't for me. How are you going to find what is? You just want to be miserable the rest of your life? I love the one day concept. Like, okay, you get one day, two days, maybe if it's a big one, Mm -hmm. a couple days, but you got to get back up. I mean, the people who have accomplished the greatest things they always talk about how they also have not been successful at a lot of things as well. And it's that trying and being able to move forward. So I just love that, that you are able to just move forward very quickly and make a change. And, and maybe that's a part of your growing up or the things that you've been through. But a lot of people get stuck and they give up and they just stop. Who cheers you on? How do you get the motivation to to do what you do because you have very ambitious goals and you accomplish a lot who's in your support team I have a fantastic support team I mean my kids because oh my gosh I'm never gonna let them down like they would kill me and I I really don't want to have to explain to them that yeah mom screwed up so <laughs> good luck to you so there's that and there's my family and my best friend my best friend kicks my ass on a regular basis and tells me to know what the hell are you doing get up do something my mom was one of my biggest cheerleaders she would talk me through everything and she's the reason i decided to go into business i mean she's not with us anymore but she put things in a new perspective for me i went through some really horrendous stuff i was in a domestic violence relationship and it was bad and after it was all over and done with and the divorce happened after she calmed down from wanting to go find him murder him dismember him you know the standard mom things she turned around to me and said the one thing she couldn't keep thinking couldn't stop thinking was maybe I went through it because somebody else wouldn't have survived it so she challenged me to think of it more as I saved someone else's life because it was me and maybe I should learn to take that strength and apply it to other things. And you've and done that. You've used that to help other women and other people going through that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm constantly trying to help them and help them see that just because something happened does not have to define them for the rest of their lives. And a support team's always, and I have great friends just like yourself. I mean, if I tell you I have a goal, I can guarantee I'll have a text message from you in a couple of weeks. Did you do it? <laughs> Did you do it? <laughs> well, one of your goals was th- this year, isn't it, to be on podcast? And within like two minutes, I was like, all right, here you go. You need to yeah. be on mine. Yeah. And you're also launching a podcast and all the things. So now that I put this on this recording, you have to launch the podcast. See? Yeah, I, I'm being held accountable. And that's the key. You have to be accountable. 
we don't share our goal. I don't care how stupid or ridiculous or messed up you think your goal is. Tell someone else. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest mentors, he tells us, make a plan. He says, set a goal, tell the world, figure it out in that order. He doesn't want you to figure it out before you tell the world. He's like, no, go tell the world and then you'll figure it out. You'll play it safe. Because you'll play it safe, but set the plan, you know, make the goal, tell the world, then you figure it out because you can't play it safe. You can't back down. You can't change it because you're already told everyone. So you Mm -hmm. have to figure it out. And I added, if you screw it up, oh, well. Yeah. I bet you did more this year than you did the last. Yeah. And can't you be proud of that? Yeah. I love that. So in closing, you know, resolutions, you set them, you set goals. You, you mentioned that you had a word for the year. Would you mind sharing your word? What's your word? So my word is that I don't do a word like a theme or something I want to do positive. My word is always something I want to change in my life. Okay. And this year, my word is boundaries. Boundaries. Okay. I love it. Well, we will check back in with you in a year and see how your theme or word of the year boundaries worked out. Um, So if you were to give one tip for somebody who's working on their resolutions, goals, whatever they choose to do is fine, vision board, what would that tip be? Stop second guessing yourself. If If it comes into your mind that you want to do something, it was planted there for a reason. Don't spend the next hour trying to talk yourself out of it. You want to climb Everest? Okay, tell the world, then make a plan. Don't spend the next hour talking yourself out of it because you're willing, you won't achieve your dream. I love it. Don't second guess yourself. All right, Karen, if somebody wanted to work with you, how would they get in touch with you? What could you help them with? Go ahead and share that. And we'll also include that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, my name is Karen Hewitt and my business is Blossom to Success. I am Blossom to Success on all the social medias and BlossomToSuccess.com. I offer individual and group coaching, and I especially work with introverts because how many of you have been told, fake it till you make it? Just act the part. Oh, no, you need to go dance on a stage to get the business. You know, <laughs> all these TikTok things, <laughs> TikTok, all these things that make you uncomfortable. What if I was to tell you there was an actual authentic plan that would help you find success without crushing your soul. That's what I do. I find that path for you. I help you develop the systems. I help you develop the methods and I help you put them into action. And like I said, you can reach me on blossomtosuccess.com and that's the same for all my social medias. I'm pretty much everywhere. (laughs) I'm always hiding. (laughs) Well, thank you, Karen, for joining today on the Bold Goal Crusher podcast. Please go follow Karen, um, share in her journey, but also hold her accountable. She shared some really cool goals, her theme for the year. And I know she would love some cheerleaders, some accountability partners. So feel free to reach out to Karen and set your goals, set your resolutions, start from a place of why, decide what's really important to you, and then go for it. And don't play small, play big this year. All right, everyone, have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. 
I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word GOAL. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.